0: This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. So how should business think about this process and the idea of bringing employees back into the office? Tom Frieden joins us. He's currently president and CEO of Resolve to Save Lives. He was the New York City Health Commissioner in the past and also former director of the CDC. Tom, great to catch up with you again. Great to speak with you. So let me start this from your perspective of having been in New York City as the health commissioner. When you're talking about bringing people back into businesses, especially in a city like New York, there have to be a, a, a range of challenges that you have to deal with thinking about not only one particular business, but all the different businesses kind of commingling in a big city like New York.
1: The good news is that vaccination is rolling out. Uh, cases are falling and the likelihood is that uh, by fall, we're going to be in a new normal situation. The big wild card is the variants. We just don't know what's going to happen with them. And that's going to have to be monitored closely. But even there, we have good news because some of the technologies, especially the mRNA technology, is really strong and powerful. And it's likely that we would be able to adapt to vaccination if Uh, variant strains are able to escape the protection that we get from these first-generation vaccines. So big picture, things are getting better, but keep up our guards, continue to wear masks, avoid sharing indoor air. In a few more months, we're going to be in a much better situation.
0: So we have two vaccines in the mix right now. It looks like uh, the J&J vaccine might be in there as well. When you're talking about having three vaccines in this process, it not only helps the inoculation process, but also the rollout in general.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Johnson & Johnson vaccine is highly effective. I think uh, people should get whichever one they can get first. Um, If there is a problem with variants or efficacy, we'll find that in, in time and you can always get a booster dose. But these are really good vaccines. J&J is a company that has had extensive experience with vaccine production. They've done a great job with Ebola vaccines and other things, so they have really more experience than the other companies. And I have confidence that they're going to meet their production targets. And the others are now uh, meeting much stronger targets. And the mRNA technology is really exciting. It's so exciting that it's time to begin thinking about uh, whether it's a global public good. And it was developed with U.S. taxpayer dollars. That's how uh, Moderna got the intellectual property that it's using to make these vaccines. And yet we're not going to be safe in this country until the world is safer from COVID. Because anywhere there's uncontrolled spread, you can have development of a new and even more dangerous variant that can get around the vaccine protection. So it's in our self interest, as well as the ethically right thing to do to make sure that the world gets vaccinated as the U.S. gets vaccinated.
0: So when you're talking about businesses making this decision about bringing employees back into the office or not, I'll start with my example. I've been doing this show from my house for for the last 12 months. Uh, It doesn't sound like I'm gonna be back in the studio until maybe July or August uh, at, at this point. From your perspective, what are the elements that businesses are really going to need to consider when they make that decision, when they're debating whether or not to bring employees back to the office? Well, I think the
1: first thing that many businesses are going to have to ask themselves has nothing to do with COVID, but realizing that, hey, actually, there's a whole lot we can do without being in person together in the same office. And I think that's going to make a lot of Entities, companies, and organizations wonder do we need as much space as we're currently renting? Uh, that may not be a popular message for landlords, but I think it's a reality that we're going to have uh, less in person work, we're going to have less travel. Uh, Zoom is not going away. We may thankfully be doing less of it, uh, and certainly it'll be great to be able to brainstorm with others in the same room. But I do think the changes that are brought on by the pandemic are going to persist even after the pandemic. So that's one general point. Second is, um, I I do think for a while we'll all be wearing masks because we won't be sure about the variants. And we're going to be careful about uh, doorknobs and elevator buttons and other things that many people touch, because that also is a potential area of contamination. And by the way, even if Uh, that becomes not necessary for COVID. It's going to be really healthy for flu and other infections that are uh, much less common because we're taking those precautions. Uh, One of the more complicated questions is, will we be using some sort of a vaccine certificate or so-called vaccine passport? And I think that's going to be inevitable, at least for some international travel for some time in the future. But we need to be really careful with that. It needs to be opt-in, voluntary. It needs to be confidential. Um, And I think for some workplaces, they'll struggle with the issue of what to do with people who can't or choose not to get vaccinated. Uh, For the vast majority of workplaces, I think we're going to be able to get cases so low that it'll be more like the situation of trying to make sure that if there is a case or a cluster, it's rapidly stopped.
0: What about the role of business and and the decision process of asking employees to get the vaccine? And certainly we know that there are a variety of different options out there now uh, where they can get vaccines at this point. We know that we're going to see pharmacy retailers like CVS and and Rite Aid come online as an option as well. But just in general, the business question of whether or not you're going to mandate employees to get the vaccines before they can actually come back into the office.
1: Well, we start with positive incentives. Um, People who get vaccination often feel pretty sick the next day. They have fever, they feel bad, and if people want to take a sick day for that, they should be able to do that and get fully paid. Similarly, to be able to get vaccinated on work time is a sensible thing to do. It's good for everybody for that to happen. So paid sick leave is really the right thing to do from a public health standpoint as well as from a responsible company standpoint, and that's something that every worker full-time or part-time formal or informal economy should have access to in the U.S. Um, I think the issue of mandating vaccinations is, is a tougher one. The one circumstance where I think that has to be very carefully looked at are places like nursing homes, where the residents are quite vulnerable. There are new residents coming in all the time, some of whom may not have been Uh, vaccinated. We aren't sure of how well vaccine will work in the very elderly and for how long it will work. And so that's one entity where I would say it's really worth taking a hard look at all positive and negative incentives, making it easy for employees to get vaccinated, but also considering a mandate for vaccination just for nursing home workers.
0: I would imagine that that this is also a time, and and I've heard this mentioned uh, in several occasions, of being able to truly understand what our country and the globe went through during this pandemic so that we can be prepared if there's another pandemic coming down the road at some point
1: that's absolutely the case and what we need is a much stronger public health and primary health care systems in the u.s and around the world this is the now or never moment this is the wake-up call Uh, This pandemic has killed over two and a half million people around the world, a half a million Americans already, and it's not done with us. This pandemic has cost $20 trillion to the global economy, and it's not over. Uh, this is the time to spend billions of dollars to save trillions of dollars and millions of lives. And we have to do that by investing in our public health and primary health care systems in this country and globally. That means a stronger world health organization. That also means more money for readiness systems, for rapid detection and rapid response to emerging health threats. And it also means addressing risks that we're not sufficiently addressing now, such as laboratory safety and security, including uh, wet markets or live markets where there's an animal-human interface that can spread dangerous microbes, including flu, uh, coronaviruses, and others. We really need to get it right this time. If we don't, uh, shame on us because our kids and our grandkids and we will remain vulnerable to this kind of event, even if it could be prevented.
0: How optimistic are you that, you know, a city like New York will be able to come back and be what it was before the pandemic? I mean, obviously, it feels like it's going to take quite a while with the numbers of businesses that shut down and maybe people that moved out of the city. But are you confident that like a city like New York will be able to rebound to that level?
1: I think it is going to be challenging because a lot of the New York economy is dependent on entertainment, travel, restaurants. Um, get-togethers in in theater district or uh, uh, elsewhere. That's a big part of the U.S. economy, and that's the part that's going to be slowest to come back. But I think it will come back with vaccination, with masking, with sensible measures, with the ability – to contain cases and clusters, even with vaccination, I think we're going to get to a new and safer and healthier normal. Uh, but to do that, we're going to have to recognize that we're all connected, that it matters to all of us if this virus or other diseases are spreading anywhere, that um, just as um, um, uh, a problem anywhere is potentially affecting us, this virus and others, emphasize that unless we have solidarity with the parts of the city the parts of the country and the parts of the world that are being hard hit we're going to be at risk
0: tom great to catch up with you thanks very much for your time always a pleasure speaking all the best thank you tom frieden president and ceo of resolve to save lives former new york city health commissioner and former director of the cdc